Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast. Our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am Chad Simpson, and I'm joined by two of my co-hosts. We got Gian Lemmy and Jim Good on the call. What's up, fellas? What's up, Chad? Hey, Chad. Hey. Well, today we are we're switching things up today. Um, we uh, it was just on our heart to to have a little focused time uh, of a conversation just into relationships. Uh, thinking through Valentine's Day is coming up. Um, just kind of the, the relationship month. And so we're going to have just a raw 15 to 20 minute conversation here on on relationships and all that that entails. And then we have three guests already uh, recorded that we're going to release this month that are going to dive even deeper. These are the experts we're bringing in behind us. Um, we're just getting the conversation started and, and letting you all hear from our, our coaching uh, failures, our strikeouts, and maybe a couple things that we've learned and tried to apply along the way. But um, just I'm going to we have a little outline and uh, just kind of zooming out first, thinking through relationships. Um, options are, you know, you're either single, you're married, you're married with kids. Maybe you're single again. Maybe you're married again or you could be a single parent. And so I think for me, um, you know, just zoning in and I, I, I'm married with three kids. So sometimes I only see like what's right in front of me. So I think it's important for us all to just zone out and see the other other opportunities but guys which uh which of those that you've experienced might be might be one of the hardest that that you've uh, had to go through thinking back to the single days back in the day um chad i think i i've i've only known myself as a coach being married and married with kids um i was never a coach um while single um but i've worked with tons of coaches now um that are single and still struggle through that you know i think society especially the christian environment does put some pressure on people to get married and people do sometimes look down on on people that are not married been you know you're 30 years old and you haven't found someone you know i think there's a little bit of that what's wrong with you kind of mentality but i think there's still some some biblical knowledge to say that some people are meant to be single you know i think we know my assistant coach here at liberty um for for years he's still single you know and he's in his mid 40s but he just loves the lord serves the lord full time um and he doesn't look like he has any desire to to find a wife um so i think we need to just put some uh some thought into that maybe share a few bible verses about that as well um but for me my biggest biggest struggle is now married with kids i think my you're just getting pulled so many directions um but yeah but we can talk about uh, a little bit later jim do you have a most difficult season well i think um one thing that just comes to my mind is um not trying to look at other someone else's stage of life and where they're at and compare that to yours i think that's easy to do sometimes so um you know, the single person can look at the married person and, and compare that life. The married person can look at the single person, and compare that life. You know, the, the married coach with kids can look at the married person without kids. And we just kind of play this comparison game and we know that comparison will just kill us inside. So no doubt, whatever stage of life you're in right now, God has you in that stage. Um, I'm at a stage in my life where my kids are growing up a little bit and we tend to have some adult conversation and sometimes it's mature and sometimes it's not so mature, but I remember the stage where my kids were young and in diapers and baby food. And I'm like, that was crazy. I remember the stage of 
the newlywed stage. I remember the stage of being single. And I can just assure you, coach, whatever stage you're in, realize God has you in that season for a reason. So learn the lesson that you're at in that season. Yeah, that's good. And I think we can probably all fairly say that like every season is difficult, you know, no matter, no matter the season, um, you know, if your kids are growing up, you've, you've never uh, had a kid in that age before, or you've never had multiple kids, um, or maybe you've never faced the the team that you're coaching before. So it's like every, every season is, is new and, and hard. And just, uh, just thinking through singleness here at the start, um, just thinking about Jesus himself was single, thinking about um, Paul, um, just the Bible verse, first Corinthians seven, uh, verse 32, the unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord, but the married man is anxious about the worldly things. Um, but yeah, guys, what, what do you guys think about, about that? Just being able to coach uh, in the single realm. Yeah. I think Paul is just, he doesn't sugarcoat anything, you know, he just gives it to you like it is. And so he was a single guy, most likely um, never heard otherwise, but um, he just points out, I think when you're single, there's very, there's less distractions than, than when you're not single. Um, and so that's your opportunity to really pour yourself into your relationship with the Lord and really build that foundation that maybe at some point, if you found a spouse, if you find a spouse, then you use that foundation to build upon your marriage relationships and then kids. Um, and it's true. You know, sometimes I think when you are married, there's already another, a few extra pulls in your life and you're trying to please your wife or your husband, um, and then your kids. And sometimes you put God on the backseat and Paul is just reminding you that God should be in the forefront, regardless of what season of life you're in. My wife and I are getting ready to celebrate 25 years this July. So to try to remember my singleness, it's like so far away, it seems mm -hmm. like. But I did start off single. I was 21 years old and uh, started coaching, I should say. And my wife and I were um, engaged, but not married. And so I think back at that as that 21, 22 year old when she was still in college and I was starting my career and I would say to the single coach, fall in love with Jesus, fall in love with Jesus and develop that relationship the best you can. Um, that That's the biggest thing. I wish I can go back to 21 and focus so much of more of my attention because you do, in a sense, you do have more time. You, you probably don't think you have time, um, but that's where the time I know I probably could have focused a little bit more on my personal growth uh, being in the word and things like that. So I would encourage our single coaches fall in love with Jesus every day. That's good. That's good. Um, and, you know, we have, we have some that that are choosing this life of singleness and, and, you know, as we are, we're coaching, you know, for me and Jean dealing with college students as they're thinking through dating and, uh, and marriage, um, just the, the idolization, um, you know, I think is is something that we see a lot. Either you're content in your singleness and using it for the Lord, or you're idolizing it and just chasing, 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 always looking for that next date. And uh, just, do you guys have any advice if if we're a coach on the call here today? Is uh, is just kind of in that man? I've dated many times. I want to get married, but I'm in. I'm still here. Like, do you guys have any advice for that, Coach? ChristianMingle.com. <laughs> Uh, I'm just, I'm just throwing out the plug. You said raw chat. Okay. So here we go, man. I, I've, I've seen 
a couple of coaching friends that kind of push back past the 20 year old mark and they're not in college anymore and they're not the club scene. And they're really thinking about like, where am I going to find the spouse? I, I feel God wants me to. And I seen christianmingle.com come through for some people. So I'm throwing it out there. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I also think, and I've seen work here at Liberty um, where the joke is getting getting a ring by spring all the time. You know, it's still part of the culture. But I've seen a lot of staff members at Liberty that, that were not married when they graduated and that they didn't have somebody when right after, you know, they finished school, but they started working in athletics and started to develop their relationship with God. And maybe it took five, sometimes 10 years after graduation. But when they find that person, the dating almost feels a little easier because they're so secure in their relationship with Christ and, and the dating to engagement to marriage actually happens a little faster. You know, like I dated my wife four years. I figure if, if I met her when I was 28, maybe we wouldn't need to date for, for four years before we got engaged, you know? And I think sometimes we think, Oh man, I don't even have a wife or a girlfriend. Now I'm going to have to date for this many years and get engaged for this many years and then get married. Um, and that might cause some anxiety as well. Um, but I think the the encouragement is when you're so secure in your relationship with Christ and your future spouse is potentially in, uh, in a secure relationship with Christ as well, I think the dating becomes easier. And you can figure out if she's the one or if he's the one much faster that way, too. Yeah. I had a good friend share this. God's not going to let you miss what he has planned for you. And uh, I remember him sharing that with me. Uh, he's a pastor friend over in the Tampa Bay area and actually was one of my assistant coaches uh, when I first started off. God's not going to let you miss what he has planned for you. That's good. That's good, Jim. I think just in, in every circumstance, learning to be content, you know, um, blooming where we planted. We hear that over and over and on this podcast. And uh, I think that's a, a big tip there. But um uh, and then just highlighting one of my one of my former players, he's young single coach, leading FCA, uh, staying fit, growing in his walk with Christ, serving at his local church. Like there's these pictures of he, he has the time and space for all these things. But uh, let's transition now into the early years of marriage. And so um, just thinking you got you're married now. You got no kids. Um, Woo, what, what, first, oh. what first comes to mind for you guys? Good, Gene. Um, this is one, I think I, I messed up a little. Um, I was so young still, you know, we, I got married, I was 22 and I just became a coach and I really wanted to just work hard. You know, I became a, when I got married, I was still just a grad assistant, you know, so I wasn't bringing much income. My wife was the main, uh, income earner in the household at that time. And, but I just wanted to grind and secure a full-time position in the future, you know, so when I look back, I'm like, man, I just, I just worked so hard. And, and sometimes I feel like looking back now, I neglected to pour into that relationship. And I think that kept building up so that when we did have kids, it came out, it didn't come out while we were without kids, you know, but once it came out, once we needed, we had kids and the kids started pulling us away, then we felt like our bond was not as strong as it should have been. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I think a lot of young picturing you as a GA there, GN, it's like one tension, I think, that young 
young coaches have is just in the finances too on like we, we were we were doing Dave Ramsey we were penny pension uh, but we wanted to like our fun things were like two night getaways you know we never took a full week vacation there early on and I think that's like one other thing that that people have uh, a little tension with is um, how how wise financially do we do we be versus how much fun can we have go experience uh, some things as as we date and and into marriage but um, do you guys experience any of that tension? Well, my wife and I got married in July, which was awesome because it's summertime. And so the honeymoon, you come back and you got some time. We were both starting uh, school late August. And so you you always hear a few weeks or months in, you know, the honeymoon's over. And uh, for us, we continued that honeymoon and we just had a great first year getting adjusted. But I think about into year two, I can remember my wife, Eve, saying, I'm not your mother. And I remember that conversation with her because in a sense, now I'm starting to think as a 16, 17, 18 year old where I had just a mom who who really took care of me, ironed my clothes, washed my clothes, did some stuff like this. And I think sometimes as we're newly married, we come into that relationship. And I don't know if you guys went through that where, you know, our wife is not our mother. And I think one thing that tried that encouraged me as we started going to some marriage retreats in that first, second, third year before kids was um, it's not my job to change my wife. You know, if there's certain things that, you know, we have issues with that's God's job and I can't be the Holy Spirit. And I think sometimes we as husbands try to be the Holy Spirit. And I remember a speaker telling me, and it sticks with me to this day, that my wife is the daughter of God. And that makes God now my father-in-law. And I never thought of that relationship. And I, I was just like, Whoa, that that kind of hits home a little bit how I treat my wife because God is ultimately her father. And uh, I just remember thinking through that, learning those lessons early in our marriage. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good, Jim, about the Holy Spirit, you know, being the one that speaks to them. And I think we're we're three guys on here, so we can we can speak a little better to husbands right now than to wives. Yeah. So um just as we think about that on on men are looked to be the providers. And usually we think just first about providing financially, right, for family and for our wife. But I think the thought recently I've been been hitting me is, is am I providing my wife space um, to hear from the Holy Spirit, you know, the, the busyness of life, getting getting quiet space so that she can hear from him, be guided by by the Holy Spirit, be convicted by the Holy Spirit, rather than it's easier for me to just take take thirty seconds and say, "Hey, here's a Bible verse. Yeah. This is what I think." But um, it's a little, little more difficult to work together in the schedules. Um, but singleness, anything, anything else? Uh, or sorry, not singleness. Thinking through early married, still uh, anything else on your mind for that, guys? I'm going to share a quick strikeout, boys. Uh, we shared this off air. You know, a lot of times it's easy to share our home runs, but I think sometimes. People can relate to our strikeouts. And we talk about, I mentioned being the Holy Spirit. And I remember being recommended the book, His Needs, Her Needs. I okay. can't remember the author right now, but His Needs, Her Needs. And we're reading that. And I'm highlighting all this stuff, not for me, for my wife. And I'm highlighting it, right? Like, honey, this is, and I remember this is all oh, so foolish and immature at age 25. I left the book open 
in the bathroom on the pages that I highlighted so she would see it. And let's just say, I think that book went flying across the room the next night, but we laugh about it now. And I'm like, wow, that that was my early part of marriage. What can I get out of marriage rather than what can I give? And uh, boy, if we're going through that, Coach, our marriage needs to be unconditional love for our spouse and not looking what we can get, but what we can give in the marriage. So when I highlight books now, it's more for what I need to learn. <laughs> that's wise. That's wise. And and <laughs> I, I think uh, just even some Bible verses, like we want to we want to uh, be men of the word. And just Proverbs eighteen twenty two says, "He who finds the wife finds a good mm-hmm. thing and obtains favor from the Lord." And uh, you know, just as we reflect on that season, I think Emily and I, my wife, we were, it was four years before our first child came. And we look back at that time with, with great memories of, we were 22 as well, Gian. So like we had a lot to learn about life, growing up, you know, having a house, all, all these things. And so uh, we look back with, with great memories on those first few years before the kids come. But uh, just let's talk now. I feel like this is kind of the season that you would think of when you categorize most coaches, you know, in their 30s and 40s. They're married for a few years and they have kids. Um, but what uh, what first comes to your mind, gentlemen, when you think about um, just that season of your life? Yeah, I think before talking a little bit about that, Chad, we need to talk, you know, um, talk about that some people still are not able to have kids, you know, and they try. And that's a reality that our world is broken, you know, and there's pain and suffering. Um, and so we just want to recognize those coaches and, and lift up and lift them up in prayer. Those coaches that are trying to, to get pregnant and still can't, um, we, you know, we, Chad and I, we have some friends that even had kids and then lost them as a baby, you know? Um, and so those are, our hearts are heavy for all of you coaches who struggle with infertility or trying to have a kid, um, and just can't. Um, so we just want to lift you guys up in prayer as well. But I think, yeah, I think even in our survey and social media chat, I think the majority of the coaches that voted on it um, said that they are in the season of life now, coaching, married with uh, kids. And I think it's just, man, it's even more pulls, right? It's just your job. Now you have a wife and now you have kids, sometimes multiple kids. And then I think the biggest issue I, I, I have in that situation, not issue, but struggle is finding time for me so that I can continue to develop a relationship with Christ, you know, as well as continue to pursue my own goals and hobbies without putting too much weight or giving too many problems to the family. Does that make sense? Embrace the hard. This honestly, as I look back, this was difficult. It, it, we have four kids and we had younger kids. And now I'm, I'm starting um, becoming the varsity coach, the athletic director. And, you know, my wife's at home changing diapers and, and the babies and, you know, up through the middle of the night and I'm focusing on my career. So I think about priorities. And um, I was very intentional, as a lot of people are, maybe as they describe who they are on social media or Instagram or other platforms. And it's follower of Christ, husband, father, coach. And it's easy. It's so easy coach, whether we say it or not, to put that title of coach above husband, to put that 
title of coach above father. And going back, it's a hard season. It's not easy, but it is a season. And it's, it's a stage in life where you will be tested. And I was tested. My wife and I were tested. And it's so important during that time to lean on others, to lean on other coaches, um, people who've been through that experience. And so now at this stage in our life, I can have empathy for those coaches that are in that season and tell them, you can get through this. It, I ain't got a lot. It's difficult, You you, but you can do this. And here's some tools that helped us. So embrace that hard, but keep those priorities in perspective. Yeah. And that's, I, if I was going to share a strikeout, I think it would be in this season and as well. And uh, I feel I'm trying to remember it. It was probably year three or four when I was coaching down, down at my college. Uh, we had just added our second baby. Uh, Abigail was, was not sleeping at night, crying all the time. Uh, so Emily was up all night, just a hard season there with, with little ones. And I was just chasing, um, it was an idol to, to win that conference tournament, you know, and, and secure ourselves on this level. And I'd worked so hard for three or four years to try to build up the program. And, um, in the middle of the spring, at one point, Emily sat me down late at night and, and, you know, we're, we're in tears together as she just, you know, says like, Chad, you're, you're not meeting my emotional needs, you know? And I was just like a dagger, dagger to my heart. My parents come from a broken home. So it's like the number one, the number one thing I did not want to do as a husband and a dad was, was to do that. And so um, I had to make some, some pretty drastic changes um, to try to um, just correct. And, and then number one just needed, needed God's grace. Um, I'm, I'm looking back to other failures along the way as I feel like I was probably pretty isolated, just didn't have that, that brother in Christ, like in my life um, to, to speak and, and guide and know as I was uh, drifting and, and getting caught up in the chase. But um. Jim, you mentioned like tools. Um, you mentioned tools uh, to to coach up the coaches with. Um, just, do you guys have any any pieces of advice in in this season as as they're working hard in their job, they're trying to win in the home? It's like, ah, how do I how do I win? How do I do this? I think one thing that I I look back and reflect on, and grateful that I had mentors share this with me was to include my wife, to include my family. So anytime that my wife or younger kids, I can remember two, three coming into the gym and I would look out the corner of my eye and I'm like, what are they doing in there? It's practice. Get out of here. I don't have time for that. And I, and I changed that immediately. And I said, guys, freeze. Everybody stop. My wife and kid are in the gym. Five minutes, get some water. Let me go love on them. And I'll tell you what, I didn't always do it right early, but I got better at that. And I think it just showed my wife that in that two minutes, she was more important in basketball because there were times where I know she didn't feel more important in basketball. And just the idea of discussing with her when I would plan a trip, a tournament, Earlier in my career, I would just plan it and then tell her, oh, by the way, hey, we got a trip in St. Pete or Tampa over Christmas rather than, hey, honey, here's what's going on. I think we had invited to this tournament. Do you think this is a good time? And she just wanted to be included. It wasn't seeking permission. And she just had that idea of like, yeah, that'd be good. Maybe we can go visit, you know, my parents went right after that. And just to get her input. And I 
feel like I got a little bit better, not much better, a little bit better as I got older in that. So inclusion was really important in that stage. Yeah, yeah. that's that's really good, Jim. I uh, I I regret the thought on like tennis is a quiet sport. My family shows up. We probably just said Shh, like yeah. shushing them more than embracing them. And it's like, man, if I could go back, I would just pick my kids up on the court and let them come out of the court and coach with me, you know, um, but that's that's one one fail by me. Um, Gene, you got any any tools or pieces of advice that worked for you and Meredith? Yeah, I think um, COVID exposed a lot of that um, where the kids' school was closed and they couldn't go to school, but we were still having practices and being and then having to bring my kids to work, you know, um, because Meredith was a nurse and so she was needed at the hospitals. And so that opened my eyes to it is possible to to bring your family to work and what a great example to set to your athletes that that's also possible because majority of our experiences with our parents is, Oh, mom and dad are going to work. I'm not allowed to go there or, Hey, they close the office door. Do not come in, you know, and being able to bring my kids to, to, to work, putting them on a tennis court, and just see them interact with me during practice as well as interact with the players and seeing the players look at me interacting with my kids. Um, I think that's a, it's a big lesson to all of us. That That's really good fellas. And I'm just enjoying hearing from you guys because I think our coaches, they're going to be able to relate to this. And that's all we're trying to do coach. Just share what we've done poorly, what we're learning, what God's doing in our life. And I shared a strikeout, but I'll tell you what, one thing that I look back and even my wife and I, when we met in college, we started doing this and it was serving together in the local church. And Awana was a big ministry that we got involved in and we started serving the kids. And then we got married and we started serving together in the Sunday school classes. Then we started serving together and doing nursery together. And we started serving together and doing kids church. We kind of now have our separate ministries. Um, I'm not serving and singing on praise team together with her. Okay. It's not my gift. All right. But I look back in those moments where we were able to not just I think one of our guests said, when you picking out a church, a community, it's not just being an attender. It's not just going. It's actually seeking that community and serving together. So I'd encourage you, coach, you and your wife, that could be precious times on a Sunday, on a Saturday, on a Wednesday, where you get involved together. And it's not about you. It's not even about your, your marriage per se, but you're serving each other. And those will be highlights that you'll share about, I guarantee, years later. Yeah. Those are really, really good pieces of advice, guys. I love it. Um, one of my action plans uh, when I realized I need to step up as, as a husband was just uh, subscribing to the Focus on the Family podcast. And I decided every Monday morning, I think, okay, I'm leaving the weekend with my family. But as I head into my work week, I'm going to um, listen to this seven to 10 minute uh, episode uh, each week to start things off. And one thing that they shared a lot is is just like they call it 15 minutes a day, one night a week and one weekend a year. And so just thinking through like 15 minutes a day, how do you say goodbye and, and hello? How do you greet one another each day? Uh, calling and texting throughout the day. Um, going for walks together was really, really key for me and Emily to get some exercise, to talk and connect. Um, and then just weekly, weekly date nights. Um, especially as the kids get older, I think that's 
becomes more key. Um, and the business meeting, linking up your calendars, budget meetings, it seems like that, that's been so important. And then the annual, I'm super excited. I'm going for the first time in about two weeks to a weekend to remember a little marriage weekend retreat. Coach Johnson at Liberty GN, he, uh, on my exit interview, I was about to get married. And he said, here's my piece of advice, Chad. He said, every year go on an annual marriage retreat. And so it took me 12 years to follow Coach Johnson's advice, but I'm, I'm excited to go go and get that time to build into my marriage with, with my bride. Um, but just a quick transition guys, if we can uh, just thinking through. So I think we talked about pursuing our spouse, inviting our family, but let's just talk for a minute about just discipling your children um, and, and what it means to, to parent. Um, just uh, as I was doing research, I think it's interesting. There's not that many Bible verses directly dealing with like parenting, you know, you got, Ephesians 5.25 says, uh, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Like that's one that I cling to. Um, but but going into the Old Testament, um, is it the Shema? Am I saying it Shema. right? And uh, that's right. It, it literally means hear, listen, let it sink in. And just what power, like if we can do this, you guys know the verse, but, um, you know, here, oh, Israel, the Lord, our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and might. And these words shall be on your heart. Teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them as you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them on the sign on your hand, and they shall be on the frontlets between your eyes. So it's basically like you're thinking and talking about it all day, every day with your kids. But what uh, what have you guys found? Jim, you're a step ahead of us. I'll maybe throw to you first. What's What's worked? What hasn't worked as you're trying to... You know, we want our kids to love and follow Jesus all the days of their life, but it's like, we can't do it. It's, it's God's uh, job, you know? So, but what have you done or what have you not done? I think, um, I wish I, again, could go back and start again, right? We all wish we could, but, um, I think what's worked for me a lot is modeling and my kids seeing me take the time to pray reading my Bible and not making it like such a list oriented thing. Our, like, like for me, we, we don't, you know, sit around the coffee table or the living room and say, okay, devotion time. That That's not our family. We tried that a couple of times and that worked sometimes when they were little before they went to bed and things like that. But there's those teachable moments that I'm not going to let slip away whether it be right after a basketball game, whether it be bringing my daughter home from a volleyball tournament, whether it be my wife and our kids on the way home from church, what did you learn today? So I think being in tune, there's not necessarily, you know, this program guide that says this is how you have to do it. And so I think there's different ways and techniques to do that. And you find what works for you and your family, because I'll be honest, there's days where I wish we were that family that every night before bed, we took 30 minutes. It, it doesn't happen for us. Okay. Um, and if it does happen for you, uh, I'm ecstatic for that. So I think modeling is important, but I think it's them seeing that Christianity is a relationship. It's not a religion. It's not a set of rules. It's communion. It's community. And those teachable moments, don't let them slip by. And so I'm trying to be in tune with that. Say, God, give me those moments. Give me those teachable moments. Give me your eyes, your heart, so I can see them, recognize them, and then share them with my kids. And it could be 30 seconds could have more powerful impact 
than a 30 minute Bible study before they go to bed at eight 30. Yeah. Sorry. Got a little uh, passionate. That's I love it. That's so good, Jim. Thank you. Yeah. For sharing. I second, I second that too, Jim. I I'm not much of a preacher, you know, um, yeah. but I, I, I like to lead by example. And so my kids come downstairs every morning and they see me in the dining room table, reading the Bible, studying it, you know, taking notes on my Bible so much so that now they just are completely destroying other books around the house because they want to <laughs> be like that and they want to write on their books. They have no idea what to write. And so they're just completely destroying books out there, but it's, it's fine. Um, I, I would rather be it that way. Um, but I think the more, the bigger, biggest lessons I've learned from my own parents is just by watching, you know, when a crisis arises, how did they react? You know, and yeah. then instead of just preaching to me, instead of just coming alongside me and just showing me how it's done. Yeah, those are really good. And um, just as my kids are getting older, it's been really special to get some one on one time with them, um, just kind of step away and prioritize them, let them know I care. And just as you guys talk about leading by example and modeling, um, I just think about phones up, you know, like how many times have we told our kids like you guys need to put your devices down or, you know, and it's like, what do they see out of us is adults everywhere, just heads in their phones. So um, I know for me as a coach, you're getting text messages all night. Uh, I just had to put my phone in a box, uh, in a little drawer from about six to eight 30. And, and then I needed to get, get back on the phone and, and uh, catch back up after that. But it was key for me in, in those hours to um, put it up. So I could, could be present. And I, I just want to throw this out there with the phone um, and the advice you're given is spot on, Chad. But as three teenage kids now, I got 19, 16, 14 and 10. Yeah, the grays are coming in nicely now because of them. But using the social media platform, using the um, direct messages, using text to give them a Bible verse in a day, give them a devotion to open up, give them, whether it be praying hands emoji, because I know they got the big math test coming up. They're on their phones as we, I know it. Um, I don't want them on it all the time. And we talk that through, but if they're going to be on it, I'm going to, I'm going to give them some good stuff and I'm going to try to post some good content and say, Oh dad, I saw your post today, man. That, that, that was pretty cool how you did that. And it gives those teachable moments again, that we can use sometimes the platform of media, social media um, for good. And, you know, we hear sometimes the bad and negative, which it has, but there's good we can do with it too. Yeah. That's a really good point. Really good point, Jim. I love that. Um, yeah, one day my son will have a phone and, and I'll I'll send him the the text messages. That's uh, that's huge. But guys, as we as we just conclude, as we close out the time, um, we we just want to shout out this one last season. You know, we talked about singleness, we talked about marriage, we talked about parenting, and and we just want to call it the the season of hope. Um, we want you guys to leave encouraged and uh, you know just again reading Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit may abound in hope. Um, you know, maybe you're single and hating it. Uh, maybe you're filled with anger at God. Maybe you could have a horrible start to your marriage. Maybe like me, you could have been an absent parent. Um, and, you know, some, some of you could have had a failed marriage or experienced death of a spouse. And uh, we, we don't want to um, say just 
breeze by it, toughen up and get through it. You know, we, we, we see that as painful. That is hard. Um, there, there may be counseling. There's a grieving process that has to take. And uh, we pray and, and believe that, that at some point through that hard season, there could be hope coming to you. And so just uh, strongly encourage you just to take the time and heal. And we all know just as coaches, how um, much, much responsibility and influence is placed on us. And so if we're unhealthy and, and struggling, and then we're going to go impact 12 to a hundred uh, youth, um, it's a huge responsibility. So just take the time to heal and reflect, take action, um, whatever that might be. And uh, I feel like just take a, take a moment, ask God, like, what, what is the next step and, and wherever I'm at? And just, we, we encourage you to just cling to Jesus. He is our hope. And with him, uh, you can have hope to coach. Um, but we just, we end every episode in prayer. And so we just want to pray with you guys. And, and if you ever remember it, remember us in prayers. We, we, you've heard our coaching failures. We've uh, struggled and, and failed. And so we want to continue strong and, and our parenting and our marriages. But um, Jim, I'm, I'm just going to call you out. Would you be willing to, to pray us out today? I'd be glad to. God, we pause. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are our hope. Uh, we thank you for the relationship we can have with you, the power, forgiveness, and love, um, for your sovereignty, for having your hand on us. Um, Lord, I thank you for these coaches. I thank you for the friendships and the connections we can have through this podcast and even taking the time to focus in on our marriages. We thank you for the gift of marriage. We thank you for the gift of singleness. We thank you for the different stages that all of us as coaches are in right now, that we are just remembering that we're in this stage of life because this is the stage you have us for. Pray that we'll learn the lessons, we'll grow into becoming more and more like you. Pray for the marriages that are hurting. Pray for the marriages that are... Um, ready to throw in the towel and to give up, Lord. I pray that this podcast could be an encouragement. Pray that we will be uh, faithful in lifting you up, seeking um, wise counsel and guidance. Thank you that we can always find that in your word. Thank you for being a God who knows our hurts, who knows our pain, who knows our weaknesses, and you can use that despite us. Lord, I thank you for the coaches that are parents and that awesome responsibility and the ups and the downs and the good and the bad and everything that comes with us. Help us to learn to lead like Jesus um, again. So just we take this time. We say thank you for who you are. We thank you for the opportunity to share and connect. And I pray that we would just strive to live for you, to honor you as a husband, as a father, as a mother, as a wife, as a spouse, as a single person, that you would be pleased in how we live our lives, and we ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. And uh, guys, just uh, thank you for joining us. I hope this uh, new format was a great benefit to you guys. And uh, just as we always finish our episodes, remember, the mission field is right where you're at.